it's feel, this feels surreal actually like you know that sort of way that's me my name is Fran Gore doesn't it to me it feels so like surreal sort of you know? that's Martin Gore I don't know whether to call him an uncle or a brother but I'll come back to that later yeah this apparently this way they were and she took a horn and then she came over here and said she wanted to get to the church and job her over here we're in the grounds of the Church of the Holy Family in Ockram Street. It sounds nice, doesn't it? You wouldn't think we're in the inner city. It's the first time I was down here. It's a man, strange feeling, all right. It brings back to all sorts of memories. Brings back too much feelings. I just feel very emotional and very sad, like, just to think, like, you know what I mean? This brings back up a lot of feelings. But as far as I know, it was here. It was along here somewhere, and I knew. I used to drink over there along the wall. Or over there in the tree, over there in the corner, where the cans and all that. They would have been drinking over there. I think she took whatever way she grew up or something, she just didn't feel well. Staggered over here, job right over as far as here. And uh, as far as I know, then I think he just went out and got somebody to get an ambulance. The rest they say is history. That's where she, that's where she died. Mary Gore, who brought me into this family, died here two years ago. She was 52. She probably thought she was safe beside the church, and so she was had her beliefs, like, you know? I still have her beliefs. And that's why she wanted to make her way back to the church. Maybe she wasn't... I wouldn't think she was frightened, even. In fact, that was her. You know, probably was in the dark, in the street, or, you know, like, outside of or Kip or whatever the fact that it was here is probably the fact that it was quiet and just thinking well she probably knew in her heart that well this is it this is my final moments look where I am right beside the church so maybe it wasn't so so frightening for her I mean some people that think they were in a hospital and they were dying or surrounded by equipment and probably scared the life out of them probably just the fright alone would kill them but I think probably here I don't know what I'm thinking that's probably now married the she was she probably felt no, it's probably accepted them all. It is, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Saying, well, okay, I know, this is it. But where I am, and the fact that I can handle it. But I must have been out with him for poor old Jawa around the night yeah. to think, and like, I know, the fact, why is Sam was over there somewhere over by the trees, right? That they were probably drinking there. Because I know Joe told me that uh, she wanted to get to the church, get over to the church. Now, after that, I don't know what happened. When I was speaking to him, God love me, he was all over the place. So I can only assume he's probably got one of the police or somebody ran out on the street and somebody got the ambulance. But it was definitely here, anyway, definitely here. And that was her final demand to be brought down to this church. Yeah, over, over to the church, to the door of the church. It's not way to go, was it? It's not way to go. But here's a kid actually growing up in the house. James was never a dull moment with her. I swear to I remember years ago, I was very, very young, but it would have been, say, a few years down the road, you're hearing stories. You can imagine seven kids crammed in this house. It was never a dull moment. Bleeding nights 24 or 7 or whatever. Marty, now, my oldest brother. Now, James, the idolised each other. But growing up, there was always a little bit of friction with them. And they used to have this thing about the outstared in each other. Now, my mother would probably tell you a better version of it than I would, because obviously I was, I was hearing at a later stage. But if, save the old brother Steve, he'd be reading the newspaper, and like the corner of the paper would obviously fall down, would that be pointing the whole direction? And she'd be saying, 
Ma, he's pointing the paper at me. He's crying. And then she'd probably go out and get a cup of tea or something. So she'd point the handle at him. I was just, uh, it sounds so stupid, but when you think about it, but it was always with Marty, it'd end up in the laughing anyway. It'd probably start off serious, but she'd always try to make a laugh and turn it into a joke. Marty was homeless and an alcoholic. We travelled all the places around Manor Street that reminded us of her. This was the first place we stopped at. Martin was getting upset. I still upset. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. No. Really? No, I wouldn't do it anymore. Do you want to go down with care on yourself? Martin's driving, but he won't get out of the car. This area haunts him. It haunts me too. I see Marty everywhere. I, should, I, I don't even drink in my own local since she died. Because Marty, that's where Marty used to go most of the time. Say, well, 70% of the time she got her cans and the, the, the glimmer. I, I drank the glimmer. And, uh, I was actually only talking to Susan last week. Susan, really about it. Out there on this programme. And uh, she's saying, God, man, I haven't seen you. I haven't been down in a while. There's too many memories down here. me. All about Marty, like, regardless of other people, friends or whatever you want to call them. But uh, when I think about Marty, I said, no. Well, I can't, I can't even, I don't even, like, I won't even drive. If I had to go to town, south side, or go via the oil and bridge. And normally, like, the, the logical way to be come down here, down Manor Street, and... And now, we're going over to the south side, I don't need my family on the south side. I go away on Bridgeway. Even if they take a traffic, I'd rather go that way. I don't like coming down here, there's too, too, too many memories for me. And I think this way she died. Oh, stop it. Mary wasn't always an alcoholic. She was a tomboy and a great footballer. Over the years, and even going to school and that myself. You'd be meeting people and you ask you, you'd hear the name, like our name, Gore. It's not a very common name, but especially down in Dublin in particular. People meet Gore, and they always say to you, Jesus, you want to marry Gore? Say, oh, I'll marry his kid brother. Ah, oh, and the, the, geez, some of the stories you've heard about it, but literally everybody knew her. And I've never, I have to say, I've never actually heard anybody say a bad word about her. So I was very fond of words, oh, Jesus, and I always reverted back to the one thing, Jesus, she was some footballer. I actually went, I used to go out with Nod to him when I was a kid, he go out and see them playing. And even heard in Cabaret, there was a big rain up the road in the house. Go up there playing football. Now, I'd say if there was 20 kids running around that pitch, I guarantee there was only one one female, and that was Mary. And she literally run rings around them. But I think, now, if I'm not mistaken, oh God, I can't remember, she probably would have been 20, maybe 21 at the time. But she was invited for trials down at Daily Mount Park. There was some French club come over. Like French football was bigger at the time, ladies football and anyway. And for some reason or other Marty didn't go. Later transported and over the years I was often asked now she you know, she was just football crazy. I said, Wouldn't you go? She said, Look, I love the game for the sake of the game. She said, But I don't see it as a, a future, as a career. So I just I wasn't interested. So all I wanted to do was just play the game and that was it. I suppose the area that I associate with my Auntie Marty would be starting from from uh, Hanlon's Corner. That be, it becomes Pusher Street right the way down where the, there's an extra vision there where outside Tesco. So you used to see her there like sometimes having a drink on a sunny day and that, you know. It looked like she hadn't got a care in the world, but I'm sure behind it all she had, like, you know. And then as you come down Pusher Street, she used to actually live in a house in Pusher Street before she was actually became homeless, like. Her life was going pretty good at that time and she lived there. And then as you further go down Pusher Street, it becomes um, Manor Street. There's Stanhope Street there, which I think is a treatment place for people that suffer from alcoholism. That's on it as well. I used to see her there a lot. And then you've all the pubs then. You've loads of pubs and loads of off-license as well in the area. So there's a lot of, al- there's a lot of 
people drinking around the area and a lot of people drunk around the area so yeah and then it goes right down to Blackhall Place and then the James Joyce Bridge used to be sitting there with Joe and that on the sunny days and that you know on the new bridge and that's it really that's it and I suppose the Simon community that that remind me of her as well like and even though she was staying in the the Paul Trust over the south side, she'd always seemed to make her way over to oh, over yeah. here, like for whatever reason. She probably just felt, as Martin said, she probably just felt comfortable in the area. It felt accepted in the area, and nobody judged her. Well, nobody from around the area because people could identify, they could they could relate. Maybe they grew up in a household where there was alcoholism. Their mother or their father was an alcoholic, and it was like part of life, really. You know that sort of way. It was so they accepted it, so it was familiar to them. You see, Mary wasn't my burnt mother. Back in 1980, my real mother was struggling to raise three kids. Mary knew her. Fran said, refers to me as his uncle. I refer to Fran as a, a kid brother. But in Mary's eyes, Fran was her son, the son she never had. I was only two years old when Mary brought me to her family home so I could be raised by her mother and father. It wasn't, it wasn't Mary's son. Although it may as well have been, as it turned out, it was it, it was it, Fra- Marty was looking at Fran's mother, and now I'm look. I, I know the way you're going, I know the way you're going, but there's a difference here. I haven't got a child, you have. Marty was scared; she didn't want to see Fran. I, I think she felt that Fran, the way the way the situation was going with Fran's mother, that she was going to go down a certain road, and the road for Fran was, if he was still with with his his mother the authorities would have stepped in somewhere along the line and he would have ended up in the home. And I think Marty's seen that. She, she's seen that danger. And she was more bringing Fran here and getting me mad to mind him at the weekends. And then the bond then with my mother and my father. And I remember, if I'm not mistaken, my mum saying, oh no, he's says I love him and Fran and all this. My dad was saying, look, James, we're getting on in years now. Do you really need that? And because of the fact that it was making my mother happy, my dad agreed. So at some point, I, I can't be 100%, but at some stage, there was a agreement came that Look, we'll wear them. And that's exactly what they did. And then we asked the right way. We do this the right way. Do it legally. That at least that event does happen. Fran's mother can't come back, say, a year, two years down the road. She gets her act together to say, I want my son back. So they went to the procedure, the car procedure. So he was actually legally fostered up to the age of 18. At that stage there in France, it was up to his choice what he wanted to do in his life. But um, remember, I couldn't be 100% accurate times, dates or whatever. But that was that was the day. But that was purely down to Marty because I think Marty seen the pitfalls. She wasn't basically looking at her own life or too much worry about. She was more concerned about Fran. Um, I suppose my first memory would be just bringing me off to see my other brothers and that in 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 the home, like you know, just stuff like that. She used to bring me over every Sunday to see my other two brothers who were in in a in a home so yeah that would have been the earliest memories I felt well, like looking back now I probably felt like the lucky one you know what I mean because I felt like that I had I had a family I had a family that I had someone that was looking after me and to love me and, you know what I mean and I just felt that they hadn't got that at that time that, that reminds me of Marty as well that, that
Road as well. See that Stan Hope Street? That's right, yeah. She's making that line way up there as well. Yeah. All around this area. Everywhere. The whole lot. Sometimes when you're just driving by, it just hits you down, you know what I mean? And then it brings her all back up. You know about how much you miss her and how much you cared about her and how much you wanted to be able to do something for her, but at the end of the day, you couldn't. That's the worst, one of the worst things, like, you know what I mean? You wanted to be able to fix her. You wanted to be able to get her and shake her, but you couldn't, like, you know? There's nothing you could do. Just being so helpless. That was one of the hardest things for me. Was it the hardest things for you? No, man. No, man. Just a normal relationship. Like, it was like a mother son when I was younger, and then it was more like friend, like sister, brother, or nephew, auntie, or that kind of stuff, you know, as I got older. I mean, it was a good relationship, like, you know. I had its ups and downs, but it was good, yeah. She taught me how to play football, and she had me man into football. She used to bring me to school. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. She used to bring me out on the back of a motorbike then later on and she used to bring me out bowling and all that kind of stuff. And so she did, like, she 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 spoiled me, as I said, like she did. And she didn't buy me clothes and, you know what I mean? I was I didn't want for anything, like, with the whole family, like, you know, so. Yeah, and I'd be playing football, I suppose, was mainly the main memories and going off and just going off in the park and feeding the ducks, you know, things you do, like, as a kid or whatever. Kind of stuff. You know, you're even saying it there. It's hard. It's a chap actually drinks alongside outside the glim. Chap Benji. And you say to me, James, man, I don't come down here in the morning. I'd be ready. Probably sleep the door and she'd wake up. If she had two cans straight away, she'd actually hand you. She'd actually give you a can. Look at how many pubs is in this area. From here to the corner, look at this four or five pubs. Yeah. And look. Two or three off. Well, I said like, we're a nice of alcoholics in any way. This is it, what you see here. Now you'd see, you'd see Marty there, you'd see her there drinking with other people and that, you know. Yeah, if you, there's one time you were guaranteed to see Marty, and it was, if you like, it was would be that time of the month. Obviously, a, a, a female thing, but uh, there was a, a chemist there up the road. And Marty actually told, she told my partner, Sandra, she said, I walked into the chemist, she said, it was that time of the month, and she had a handful of change, and the woman wouldn't give her the, the, pack, the packet that she required, and she had to take my jacket off, tie it around my waist, and walk all the way up to Cabra to go in, have a shower, a change, and whatever. But despite the way Marty's life was, she still tried to keep some of her dignity as best she could. I mean, she wasn't proud walking down the streets, down the life that she could have had, the life that she had got at one stage. There's never one person that for Mary. There'll be two, there'll be three, there'll be four. The phone here to be hopping. Mary there, yeah, hang on again, I'll be on the phone. Where are you doing? The phone will be down in five minutes, she'll be up, washed, changed, dressed, gone, out. You wouldn't see her the night, and that'd be literally Monday to Sunday. Where people always, they enjoy their company. It was never a dull moment when she was around. Just sense of humour, have to crack and what have you. Just total enjoyment. She's a great person to be around, I have to say. Well, <coughs> being that bit younger than her, I would have noticed that I'd say when she probably hit her mid-twenties. It was kind of then, you could see, like, 
You see, Marty, Marty was a, social, a very, very social person. Loved our weekends out the whole lot. But I wouldn't be 100%, but say I reckon on our 25, thereabouts. Then all of a sudden, it wasn't weekend drinking. It was going to drink in the evenings every second night. Then bang, all of a sudden, it was every night. She was literally out drinking every night. There's another house around the corner here, it's a line we were at. Yeah, go down to the... Oh, you can't go down that way. Can you go down that way around by the the corner of the... the Regina Chiley? You know where Morningstar Avenue? That would have have been a predominant area as well for Marty. But you would have stayed in the hospitals (coughs) around there. You would have slept outside the door of the hostels as well, I'm sure, at certain times as well, like when they wouldn't let her in, for whatever reason. A lot of the, well, the, the say the, the homeless drinkers now would be up around here, up that laneway. An awful lot of them be up around that laneway. And then you have the hostel stand down here off Brunswick Street. You'll probably see a few down here now at the moment. See, they would have been cleared now, all these. They won't let them hang around here no. because they're all new apartments up there. Yeah, see, but this is it. That's what I'm saying again, you see. It's a noise hour. You'd see an awful lot of them congregating here. I'll actually show you a little spot there on the way out. But you'd see loads of congregating around here. But now, as you look, you've a car there, which was formerly the Richmond Hospital. You've apartments. There's apartments there. But I wouldn't even. I'd hate to think what it costs you to get a mortgage or something like that. They probably have a lot of homeless people that probably. Total, total loser, and I swear I, I nearly put a bet in it that the likes of here, the monastery, eventually they'd, they'd be all, they'd be levelled. That's gone, Haven House. Where Haven House. There was, was there gone. was a place there that was for for for, for women. For as women. Well. That's gone. Got that out. Look what's going into it now. Look. There you go. For the rich and famous. Marty would have probably stepped step around. She'd have there at the door. If she didn't get in on time, that they wouldn't let her in. She'd have to sleep there. But just look, look at the money, look at the wealth in the, around this area. I'd say uh, probably her early 40s, thereabouts. Roughly about her early 40s. See, she was going from flat to flat and... It just... It seemed to happen overnight. I mean, as a family, we didn't... Um, like, two weeks maximum, you probably wouldn't say her. There's one thing about Marty, and even as a kid, I'd very fashion conscious or whatever and a lot of it was down to Marty even people that were amazed I hadn't seen her for years and then but she ended up homeless and that and people you looking and they discover who it was and like okay people don't approach it and say Jesus oh Jesus oh, Marty what, what happened or whatever and a few people did they actually said it to me Jesus can't believe it can't believe it and especially who because you'd never see her in the same clothes two days on the track always Bottless about her appearance, then all of a sudden it was just slowly, slowly, slowly. But you see, that was that was the the offset of the the drinking. The drinking was slowly catching her, and then everything else just diminished. There's a few deaths in the family, and she she got a bit worse then, and then it steadily progressed then. 
till I got out of hand then. She couldn't she couldn't stay in the house anymore, like it was just too much. She starts staying in hostels and that and then probably on the streets and after that, like, you know. They tried before they got arrested, tried more times or telling that Marty looked do this go She actually did go I think she tried a few places. Um if I'm not mistaken, she actually ended up down in Kildare at one time. There's some nun or a sister down there, some kind of place for the alcohol. She, she tried that, but I think she was gone beyond the stage that there was literally no turn about. It was a classic George Best scenario. Look what happened to him. Wealthy man had everything gone for him. But once the drink kicks in, it takes hold of you. There is a point in your life, you, there is no turn about. You, you can't physically take somebody like that without literally putting them in a room, locking the door and feeding them under, under the door. I mean, you may as well imprison them. I mean, that's, you, you can't, I mean, okay, people go to prison for certain things they've done in life or whatever. They know why they're there. But you, as a, another human being, you can't physically force them. Marty was a very, very free spirit. Very free spirit, taught for herself, done for herself. That was her whole, her whole philosophy of life. So we said, well, look, the way she's gone, she's going to kill herself in any way. What's the alternative? We got a section done the Mental Health Act, which was actually an option at the time. We're going to kill her in any way. So the predicament we were in was, well, what way do we turn? How are we going to handle it? I mean, our conscience was always affected in any way by the situation she was in either way. But for us, that either let her go the way she was going, I tried to take control and say, well, look, if you're not prepared to stop, we're prepared to stop you. And then see the other side, how it would affect her that way. So for us to make that decision, and then at the end of the day, she was a grown woman, with whole choices. We hadn't literally, even if my mother, she, she hadn't got the right. Yeah, they would have been worried, obviously, yeah. And we went out looking for her, and we were in hostels for her, and I'd be trying to get her to go down to Sister Concilio's to, to draw you out and all that kind of stuff, you know, but... I know it's it's easy for someone to think oh, if, if it was someone belonged to them they'd, they'd do this and they'd do that but it's different I mean there's nothing you can do it's like you know I mean you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink it unless somebody wants to help and really wants it and wants you know what I mean I'm not saying she didn't want help she would have but it was just at the stage where it just probably got too much for her like you know she just probably just gave up it's just a penny just drops with you then, you know what I mean? It's like, cause you're, you're bouncing your head off a brick wall, like, I don't mean to be real, like, I would have loved to see I get sober and start the life out, like, I really would have, but I just realised that she just couldn't do it, like, it was just too hard for her, you know? I'll just show you up here as well, I this, I'm just showing you here outside the Outside the building society, is it a building society? This way, this part would remind me of Marty as well. And I used to see her sitting here, but there was a tree here that would have protected her from the shelter. And they actually cut it, they got rid of the tree. Like, I've only seen her a couple of late times here, like, she would have been drunk probably, you know. And I would have woke her up a couple of times and I was, she'd be lying there on, on the ground there with a sleeping bag and that. And we just just feel so bleeding sad, like, me had to just break, like, you know, I'd be going home crying, like, upset, leaving her hand, there's nothing that I could do, like, you know, I mean, there'd be times then I'd bring her up to the house and 
the next day she was just gone again like she'd be gone for drink like the, just the drink had so much of a hold over like you know that's what I believe now other people might say then but just the drink had so much of a hold over like that she couldn't just 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 terrible like you know it's sad and then they cut the tree down as well like which you know what I mean that says it all really doesn't it because it was given they would have had good shelter because the tree came right over that gate there so and it was out so they would have had good shelter like you know so it's just sad the way people they don't they disregard you know somebody else like that you know piece of dirt like you know this is Kenny Marty's younger brother a good few years ago I remember that time uh, a cousin of mine was over here now on a couple of weeks on a week's holidays or something and we took her out and her husband uh, myself and her husband there came over and we went out one night and we were I think we, we came in about 10, 11 o'clock that night and there was the guards were outside my door and uh, and who was uh, only Marty and the guard said to me do you know this person and I said yeah she's my sister and he said uh, do you want us to take her away you're waiting me at door and I said no leave her there I said and the only reason why that Marty came over here was uh, she wanted to uh, see her cousin because, because her cousin was uh, uh, staying with me at the time so I put her into the car and I, I was bringing her back over on the north side and uh, she started picking on me then in the car there. She started uh, getting a bit of aggressive in my car. So I was half afraid. And that night, though, it was lashing out. And uh, when I was bringing her over, uh, uh, she started picking on me and saying, uh, you were no good in the family. Because, as I say, that's the way drink can get you. Like, it can give you a terrible, uh, the false encouragement. So uh, so I had to pull the car up and I couldn't go any further. And this was on the on family road, just off Park A Street. And and I said to her, to her now, I said, Marty, I'm not taking you any further unless uh, you're quieting up. And she didn't. And I left her there in, in the pounds around because she was totally drunk. And I turned that car and I went back home and I felt sorry for her. I pitied her. I used to drink in a pub in Manor Street there in the, the Glenman and uh, I was there one, I think it was one Friday, you know, probably going back maybe seven years ago and I went in the Friday, sat with a friend of mine and girlfriend and uh, you're sitting there and the girlfriend was at the toilet screen she chased some poor girl out of the toilet, she got love her, she's homeless, she's having a few beers. My girlfriend I sat and actually gave her a fiver and when she came in she was sitting there telling me, my friend and his girlfriend and I was saying, so that's my sister. She looked at me, she said, yeah, you're winding me up. I said, I swear to God, so I bet you any amount of money. I said, that's my sister. And lo and behold, it was. Mate Martin went up. He went over and actually just stuck his head in the door, saying that she's coming out. She was actually coming out of the door of the, the ladies. Lo and behold, it was her. It was in a bit that cold night in particular. Marty had a couple of cans. She came into the ladies' toilet. Now, everybody knew it. There wasn't a person in the pub, in fairness to them, that would actually come out and say it to Susan or Willie, uh, 
Mary sort of whatever whether they know by name or what would actually say she's in the toilet drinking. So they knew everybody, literally everybody knew her around the, the Dublin Seven area. So they never they never they never actually say it, that she's in there, get her out of the toilets, whatever. And the owners obviously had a problem with her. It's one of the flats here that that Joe was saying that they turn water out all of them like, you know. So I'm here on my own now because I don't want Martin coming down because I know he'd probably get upset and he'd probably get angry and even though I'm angry and upset myself, he'd probably come back and you know, he'd vent his anger out on you you know what I mean? I wouldn't like him to do that because he'd only upset himself, you know, get into trouble. But yeah, it's just I'm feeling sad now, just thinking about it. Like you know, it's just like I could just picture them, like just just sitting there, like probably minding their own business, you know what I mean? Not minding, and just someone just just throwing water out, like totally unprovoked. Like there'd be no need for it. Like how I'm thinking about how Marty felt, she probably would have felt degraded enough as it was on the streets and Joe, and then help to feel like that someone else can make them feel that bit more degraded by throwing something over them and making them feel like that bit less, like, you know, it just upsets me, you know? It just upsets me, but... You know what I mean? I'm not going to get angry over, you know, because Marty wouldn't want me to get angry over, you know? I just... just What can you say? Like, you know, you're just nothing, like, you know? And there's another off-license there that Marty would have been... Buying a lot of alcohol, they would have known it out as well, so. Oh, we walk in this area, like, so I would be up and down this area a lot. And after a while, it just becomes second nature, like, you know, like, when I do stop and I'm at the traffic lights and I'm in the, the van, I'm walking, and then I, it just stands on me, like, and it just brings it over me, like, you know, and it's just, what can you do, like, there's nothing you can do, you can just, she's not on the streets anymore, like, I know that my, I don't know how that sounds, but. I know when I'm looking out the cold and the night time and it's raining, I know that Marty's not out there. And that might be selfish of me, but at least I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there because, like, when you're in your bed at night and you're, you're, you're wondering where is she and, you know what I mean, and is she out there, is she, is she safe, is she in a doorway, you know, it's just, do you know what I mean, it's just hard, but that's... Could you imagine how it was for her? And there's me giving out. Well, I'm not giving out. I'm just saying, like, it's hard. But it was obviously harder for her, like, you know what I mean? If she was out and, like, you know. And it's just sad, like. It just makes me sad, like, you know, to think of it, like, you know. I don't, I don't think uh, it, it could register her with me until I really seen her to her out on the street. And I've often when. Uh, boy, I'm more times now, uh, the, in the car and that, because I walk on the north side a lot, and I've often seen her, and I'll be passing by her, and and she'd be with all her friends, they were all the down and outs, and I used to be ashamed of her, and then uh, somebody then told me uh, that that's not her fault, and then... After that, then I just said, "God, maybe you're right there." Sure. Uh, so now and again, then I often stopped and I often talked to her, and uh, and Marty would would always we we nearly want to hug you, and and the words was uh, and she always said, "I love you, you're my brother and all that," and and they, and they're lovely, they're lovely moments.
Yeah, it was saying, look, we're sitting here now in, in Price Street Car Park outside Tesco's. There's a man there. There was got one, two, three, three containers of empty bottles, beer bottles, wine bottles, you know, the whole lot. And you've got well, three, five, eight, ten bottle banks. And then there's a couple there on the far side. And there you go, there's people. As I, the, what I was saying, there's nothing to say that the man I assume has a home there, nice car, job I assume, and there's nothing to say that that man this year, next year, any time down the road, could end up out on the streets the way my sister did. There's nothing to say that. Joe, who we've mentioned a few times, was Marty's partner on the streets. He was the last person to see her alive. Joe now lives in the warehouse in the industry. I knew Mary years, but then we got together, and we stuck together. We did. My mind's on the street a long time. I've been on the street a long time, you know. But me and Mary used to get a drink every morning. We woke up every morning. We used to go down to um, Manor Street, London, and Mary used to go and go me. We'd get a drink for us. We used to drink us all across the road in the bus stop. We, we were happy. I did everything for Mary. I just, I did everything for Mary. Because Mary looked after me and on. Looked after each other. Mary knew it and I knew it. Mary loved me and I loved Mary. That's the truth. We got on together. Well, we have our mishaps, you know, arguments, you know, up and down like, but we were happy, me and Mary. She was my partner. So we were, we were in Manor Street one day, and this chap came along, sat beside us, and a co- marriage coat was on the ground. He grabbed the coat and went off. And what was in the coat was her inhalers. So he married some asthma. So this chap took the coat, and was in the coat, uh, uh, inhalers. In Manor Street. That's why I lost Mary. She had no hands. I lost Mary. So what can I do? But she didn't, she didn't die there. I ran down the road to get the ambulance. When I came, she said she don't look too good. But then after she died in James and the matter hospital. Well, uh, I just think about it. I know when I die, I'm going to meet Mary. You know? Because Mary's waiting for me. And at the end, it was a bit of a tragedy, like, you know what I mean? But she made a difference to my life, so... Was her life... Like, I don't mean that in a selfish way. She made a difference to my life. She made a difference to me brother's life, like, you know what I mean, a positive, she would have made a lot of difference, positive impact on other people's lives, so it wasn't a waste of a life, like, by no means, like, it was just, just a tragic end to such a good person, like, you know what I mean, and such a sad end, and like, you know what I mean, and that person like that, so full of life, and, you know what I mean, with goals and dreams and all that kind of stuff, and everything, like, and just ending up like that, like, the end, like, the way it ended, like, it wasn't nice, like, nobody should have to... You know what I mean? Do it that way, you know. 
You know what I mean? She obviously saved me life, probably. Should be known. She's probably saved me from going into a home, into in a school. You know. So yeah, I would owe a lot to her. I mean, I really do. But I can pay her back by just getting on my life and and living the best of my life that I can. Like you know what I mean? Just continue on where she started. What her what her plans were like for me to have a good life and better opportunities that I probably wouldn't have got. You know what I mean? In my family home, like in in Oliver Bond. So yeah, just continue on that and make her proud. Hopefully, you know. When she wasn't drinking, uh, ah, she was an angel. Well, she is an angel now. I don't think any of the family will. And none of us won't forget her because there are times that I've often and I drove around the city and places where I often saw Marty sitting. And the first thing hits me is Marty was sitting there. You know, and even though you say that now, uh, there's still a few of them going around and sitting, uh, sitting in them places. But now, in the last uh, few months, I noticed I haven't seen, I haven't seen the, the few that was with Marty. I don't know where they have ever went to now, if, if uh, they died or not. You know, I haven't a clue. I was just coming to a flat down here, Marty used to live in, not just down past the next building. Hello? How are your house things? Hello? Just down past the next one. Number, I think it's number five, Prussia Street. That's where Marty used to live. So I even have memories of Marty living there. Even, like, our life was manageable at the time, you know, and... I remember I lived in there and I used to stay in the flat where I like, you know. So that that remind me of, of Mary, that house, like, as I'm going by, like, you know. I suppose, um, suppose Martin was talking about that, that chap up at the bottle bank and all that kind of stuff, but every 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 alcoholic has a different rock bottom. It's just Mary's rock bottom was just, like, at the end of the road, like, on the streets. Like, I couldn't really got any worse. Well, death, like, you know, but other people have rock bottoms and it doesn't look that bad on the outsides. They might look like their life is good, but on the inside it, it could be like, you know what I mean? It could be in ribbons, like, you know. But th- this house here, number five, that's where Marty used to live in that ground, the ground floor there. That flash used to live in there. So it brings her back a few memories. The house has changed, but yeah. This whole area is changing, but I still see Marty everywhere. That t- it is weird, it's surreal, like just standing here, you know. And, I suppose it's sad that you're not going to see her anymore when you come down to these places or any of that kind of stuff, you know, but life goes on, you know, and that's it really, you know, that's it. It's like, look at the changes now, like, she would have probably, she wouldn't have got to see, if you look down, if you look down at Manor Street there now, the end of Manor, Prussia Street, where it becomes Manor Street, you can see the, the old and the new, there's the new, look at the 14 storey tower in um, Smithfield. And that would have been a, a major place for them, um, the gem- around the Jemison as well, for homeless people coming to the tower for the heat before it got all done up, you know. So. Yeah. I went to the bin for today, Pat 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.